You and I are told increasingly we have to choose between a left or right. Well, I'd like to suggest there is no such thing as a left or right. There's only an up or down. This is the No Doubt About It podcast. No doubt about it. And now your hosts, Christy and Mark Ronchetti. And Ava Ronchetti joining yes. us again. Oh, back. my goodness. And Ella is also joining us from behind the scenes. Yeah. Well, you can probably guess why. We are going to have a Donnybrook here in a minute <laughs> over uh, Barbie. You, the, the, I'm a Barbie girl. Okay. And Barbie okay. Well, the <laughs> the ladies went to go see it, and they're right. gonna they're gonna explain why it was a great movie, and I'm going to explain why, having not seen it, it's <laughs> Hollywood drivel <laughs> that tries to push a message on oh, America no. that not only do we not need, we never asked for, and doesn't fit the brand. Okay. But anyway, anyway, uh, let's get to what we have to talk yeah, about. Yeah, so first, we start though. with reviews. We want to thank you guys so much. Please continue to subscribe on YouTube. Uh, on your favorite podcast platform, the five stars on Apple. We appreciate that. It's huge. Uh, you know, you can go through, do Spotify, whatever it is. Thank you so much. And we've been getting a lot of feedback, which is great. Numbers look great. In fact, uh, some of this feedback's good. Juan Baca wrote, uh, you know, we we're talking about regretting getting the COVID vaccine. And we're right. going to talk a little bit about that, too, because yeah. of what happened with LeBron James's son. Not necessarily a connection there. We just don't know. But uh we mentioned that we regretted doing it. Right. And we regretted having the girls get, mm -hmm. get their, um, Lots get their of conversation, which, which actually gave us quite a bit of conversation. Yeah. Even it on was social interesting. Media. Absolutely. Yeah. It really yeah, lots was. Lots of back and forth on that. So, which yep. we appreciate. And I actually, honestly, I appreciate the fact that the, every kind of, at least on our social pages, for the most part, really kept it up on the up and up. Like there was no like digging at each other. You could definitely see there was differing opinions right. on things. And which I think that's good, healthy dialogue. That's the way it should be. Um, so I appreciated the maturity that I saw. And I would say 98% of the people that were, were on a, our social site. Yeah. So anyway, I appreciate no, and, you guys. And Juan, Juan Baca wrote in on YouTube and said, I'm with you 100%, brother, on, on regretting doing that. I wish you'd been our governor, Juan. I appreciate that. That makes two of us. Um, and <laughs> three then, of us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, that's a good point. And then uh, Ann Clark uh, wrote in. She talked about uh, the fact that they're – you know, seeing Grant County in, in southwestern New Mexico is seeing cuts to their fire department. And then you see what happens with the jet and all this stuff. And, and, and Ann Clark is like, this is, you know, craziness. So we appreciate Ann writing that in. We can't write to everybody that writes in on the YouTube stuff, but thank you for doing it. We do read all the comments. It's yeah. awesome to see it. And and I did get another another comment. Oh, no. From a fellow Italian. Oh, geez. Yeah, Tricky Guy. On should we play like some Godfather tune underneath this? Probably should. <laughs> so Tricky Guy on YouTube, was, I was listening to the last episode. We were talking about the fact that we were up in Angel Fire golfing. Mm -hmm. And I and I teed off on the uh, I believe it was on the fourth tee. And you took out a bird. And I and I and I decapitated, decapitated a bird when when I when I teed off. Well, a Tricky Guy says, Mark, I'm not buying the bird fiasco. From one Italian to another, I tell you there's more to the story, and we need to know. Now, what I said at the time was I was shocked that this happened, uh -huh. and, I, and I felt terrible. Right. And but, I was there to but, witness it. But I got to admit, Tricky Guy is right. Oh, no. All right. We'll take a look. For those of you who didn't see it, uh, this, was, this was the bird. Uh-huh. Um, the and, and the port, yeah, it's a kill shot right there. Its head is over to the right it is of that over, picture. It is, and is then over the right. It's a clean kill, though, I have to say. Well, and look, I'm going to say this, and and look, 
tricky guys right. Mm. All right, look, here's the thing. You're out there on the course, and we've heard these stories, you guys. You got sharks on the East Coast that are attacking people. You got killer whales that are going after people. You you all have heard my bear story. I've been chased by a bear. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to say this in in the cleanest way possible. I was sending a message. (laughs) I was sending a message (laughs) to every animal in the woods. I don't care if it's a deer. I don't care if it's an elk or a bear or a mountain lion. Don't mess with my family. Okay, that's the message I was sending. And so when that bird is laying there without a head. Yes, I'm saying, okay, this is where we are. So if you want to come out of the woods and we're going to dance, just understand that when you dance with our family, you're going to have your hands full pack a lunch. So that's why I did it. Okay. Very similar to like the Godfather of the horse head in the right? bed. Yeah. yeah. Well, look, I mean, look at these animals now. They're out of control, <laughs> right? They're all just like the animals are just like, we're going to start taking over. And my point was, we're starting this round of golf off. I'm like, we're not going to do this. We're not, I'm not going to have a, a bobcat come out of the woods and decide <laughs> that it's going to tangle with Averella. So the minute that happened, <laughs> did you see another animal around? No, because the word went out. This, I'm, a, I'm okay, messing with all us. Right, Ron, okay, tough guy, Ron Kenny. All right. All right, Godfather. So, uh, tricky guy, you are correct. <laughs> that was not the whole story, but now you have the whole story. Okay. All, all right. right. Thanks for you know, editing it all up for us. We're gonna, we are going to go back. Ava's our editor. She's going to go in there, and she's going to drop in a little bit of the Godfather music for oh, us. Oh, yeah. I will. Oh, we should. Because it's yeah. that very much goes with the theme. Don't mess with my family. <laughs> is Don't basically. do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's like this. I mean, it, it, you know, it's, it, and then many of you again, heard the whole story how a bear chased me. At yeah. One we point, don't need right? to hear that again. Yeah, right? we well, no, no, no. I, I know, but I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, it's just like one of these things. It's like, you know, you know, a bear chases one of ours. We behead one of yours. Like that's how it goes. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. So I don't want any more of this, like thinking you can mess with the Ronchetti family. Okay. 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 I like it. All right. I like where you're right, at. Now okay. we're done. So, yeah, very active week for us in the movies. Holy cow. We never go to the movies, and we went to the movies like four times in two weeks. Um, But lots of good fun out there. I love the movies, as you know. Okay, so so we'll we'll get to Oppenheim. Yeah. Oppenheimer, excuse me. Yeah. I worked with a J.R. Oppenheim. And so. KRQE. So very nice guy. So sorry, Oppenheimer. Uh, But let's start with, with Barbie. You know, there's been a lot of talk about Barbie. Yep. You guys went and saw it. So- uh, we gonna break this thing down. What let's do break. Think? Let's break it down. Okay. I, I think we'll start with the girls. So we all kind of. I saw it with Ava. Okay. Ava also saw it. She's seen it twice. So she's you went twice. She went with a friend, and then you saw it with me. Um, and then Ella saw it with her friends. So why don't we start with them and get their take as teenage girls? Okay. Okay. I the first time I watched Barbie, I didn't like it, and I went back and I took my mom the next day. And I liked it a lot the second time. I actually, I think that, I think that it was really creative. I think it was really funny. And I think that it, um, it kind of stuck to one message and I liked the message they sent. I don't think. Which was. Which was essentially that the movie is not really for children. It's rated PG-13. My mom made a good connection that it was more for mothers than for, for don't children. Don't steal my thunder. I'm not, st- I'm not stealing any thunder. Okay. I'm just, you know. That's my review. Just, you don't get my sharing. review. You got to I give me your review. I just think it was a really good uh, take on like, I think it was a really good take on, on motherhood and on how, um, 
Okay. Uh, Ella, we're going to cut over to you. Hey. What, did you what did you think, Els? Um, I thought it was really good. I only went to go see it once, but I loved it. I thought it was really cool. I loved the whole set in like Barbie land, but mm, I also right. thought that the storyline was really good and that it just was really creative. I don't know. I was not expecting the ending, but I was expecting, I don't want to spoil it. Well, like, yeah, we don't want to spoil it. I wasn't me. expecting. You're not spoiling anything. I don't know how many of our listeners are going to actually go see this movie. Essentially, yeah. I was expecting, I was not expect. I was expecting her to not end up with Ken, but I wasn't expecting the ending, but I liked the movie a lot. And I thought it was a perfect representation of what little girls think about Barbies. Like okay. the way that they made the land, like they made uh, one of the Barbies always doing the splits. They made Barbie going off the the second floor. It's like how girls always look at Barbies. Okay. Okay. Well, and I, you know, I went in to see it because we were going to review it basically on the show. I had really no desire to see the movie, quite frankly. Right. I, I, you know, it really wasn't going to be kind of my cup of tea. Right. But um, I went with the girls or I went with Ava. And I will say I expected to hate it because of all the reviews that I'm reading. Conservative media. Right. You're saying like it's man-hating, anti-motherhood. Right. The liberal. I, okay. I, and I'm just going to say, <clears throat> like, I think it depends on where you are in your life when you go see this film. Okay. That's one thing I think is very clear. Ava jumped to it a little bit. I do not think this is for kids in any way, shape, or form. If you take your young girls, I... I just don't think that's what this film is about. I think it is about mothers, and I think it's about mothers specifically who raise daughters. That's to me the theme of it. I, you know, yes, there's some underlying themes of like, uh, you know, do do men belong in Barbie Land, and you know, yeah, you could go and get like all freaked out about it. I wasn't. I'm thinking when I, you know, when I watched the girls, and even when I was little, no girl wanted the Ken doll. Yeah, it's, not, it's not because I just thought that the not because they were all feminists, because they wanted to dress the the Barbie as cute as you, you could. The Dreamland and the Dream Barbie Dream House or whatever, very much feminine, very much a girl's toy. Okay? okay. And Ken was really only there. He had like two outfits, by the way. That's another reason most girls didn't want to spend their money on Ken. He was just there in case you wanted to play marriage or have a family. <laughs> but at the end of the day, like the theme in the movie is really it's about uh, girls night out and we're all a bunch of girls and we're going to, you know, and, and I just think there's nothing wrong with that. When you look at it, what Barbie actually was, which was a doll right. really geared towards younger girls right. that weren't thinking about feminism. They were just thinking about playing with a doll. I mean, you know, yeah. it's, it is not anti-motherhood. In fact, the whole story generates about a mother and a daughter and how they kind of grow apart. And if you no, look at this director, I'm not, I'm, I, don't, Greta, I haven't heard that it's anti-motherhood. Oh, I have. You've what heard it, it's anti-man. I heard it's anti-man. Okay, it's not. Because it is. It's really not. Hold on. Hold on. I have been listening to this <laughs> dribble for nearly four minutes. So <laughs> let me let me, let me me ask you this. Is there a villain in the movie? Yes. Is his name Ken? No. Yes, it is. No. no. Ken is it's absolutely Ken. the villain Wait, in this movie. Wait, who was the villain in the movie? There, Ken is the villain. There is no. Okay, hold on. Hold on. Let me just ask. Movie. Okay, hold on. There's, there's, a, a, there's a Guys, few. guys, guys. Let me just ask a couple questions, then you guys can yell at me. <laughs> Number one, Ken, it, it, would I be incorrect in saying at the beginning, Ken is basically uh, an idiot? Right? Yes. yes. Okay. Because Ken's an idiot. And, right. and also, Ken's the Barbie is every Barbie movie. Everyone's an idiot. Can I please? Yeah, Everybody's an idiot. No, you can, but you can't lead us down some path, okay? <laughs> 
All of the dolls are idiots. Are idiots. Every, Every movie, movie is so stupid. They are Barbie dolls. So funny. They're Barbie dolls. Yeah, not that. None of, none of the dolls are smart. None of them. Okay. Like, and they even talk about the fact that I'm stereotypical Barbie. Like, that's what she. That's exactly what she says she is. So it's not like Correct. she's supposed to be some super intelligent. Okay, okay but doll. So, okay, so so Ken. Ken is, but Ken has no redeeming qualities, correct? Oh, except he's very cute. Uh, okay. I'm sorry. So, Ryan Gosling. So again, you put Ryan Gosling in any okay. sort of okay. anything. He's so hilarious. Ken too. starts off as an idiot who's unimportant, correct? <laughs> True. Right? Okay. Then he goes to the real world. Right. Correct. Correct. He reads a book called The Patriarchy. Really? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So then yeah. Ken reads a book called The Patriarchy, which is ridiculous. Okay. It's a ridiculous <laughs> political statement that, that Greta Gerwig makes to try to turn this into a political statement. Uh, and oh then he goes back to Barbie world, right? Yeah. And then takes over, right? Because that's what the patriarchy well, does. Because no. that's what they do. And that's why? what men no, do. Why? Why? Give no, me a break. But, but, but when you watch the movie, you wonder why does he do that? And the reason is he's so obsessed with Barbie. He just wants her to notice him. Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, she's like, dude, you got to be your own person. I, you oh, can't yeah, be your Oh, yeah, there we go. Girlfriend. I don't need you, Ken. No, okay, and no, he's no, like, no, okay, now no, listen. Wait, no, listen no, hold on, I, no. hold on. Let me speak for a second. Hold on. I will say that I can see that if a guy rolled into this movie, which no offense, no guy on planet Earth needs to go see this movie. Okay, it's, it's not, not about for men. It's not for men. It's not for young boys. It is not for young girls. It's the patriarchy. Every it's movie's about, about us. Okay, listen, it's, no, it's, it really isn't about you. And, and no offense, it shouldn't be about. It's about you. the system. I don't want it to it's be about also, me. It's also though not anti men. It's not. It's just pro women. So sometimes you can have a pro women stance. Yes, pro women who don't need men. Correct. No. Which is not no, just inherently anti-men. It, it's a, okay, men. listen, and I think you have to go back yeah. to the fact that what they do here is they bring in a, a character based on who made Barbie originally. And she made the Barbie doll for her daughter named Barbara. Okay. And it was this way for her to connect with her kid. All right. Her daughter specifically. So they go into this whole history of why the Barbie was created. And again, I, I always kind of thought my mom, I was raised by a very strong single mom, right? That really was like, you get out there, you make things happen. You're never going to be a victim. You go get things done if you want to get something done. She did that without hating men along the way, okay? She was very good Barbie never at making sure. Them. Yeah, and that's what I would say too is like, Barbie was kind of like, and they do a good job in the film I, without blowing it, but they did a good job in the film of saying, listen, Barbie might have set expectations that young girls couldn't keep up with. Okay. And that's so kinda, they're running down Barbie. No, they're no, not really running her no. down. But there is a kind of an they're ev- saying Barbie. No, no, guys. You don't get it. You don't get it. And I don't think that and Will Farrell, by the way, hysterical. Ryan Gosling, hysterical. Oh, like he's so funny in this movie. Oh, yeah, hilarious. And he is. He's funny. Like the affable idiot. Okay. And I will just say that Greta, the 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 director. She's known for making movies about, she did Lady Bird. That was another like daughter, mother conflict story. It is kind she of what she women. does. She does little, little women. women. Like, I just don't think I, I, you know, I, yes. If you go in there as a guy and say, oh, there's another anti-male movie then you're going to see that, right? That's what you're going to, that your vision is. Yeah. I went in there thinking that's what it was going to be. And I was, I was actually shocked to see that it was like, not that for me. To me, it was a mother there's, what's the line, girls, that got me all teary-eyed? Mothers stand still so our daughters can look back and see how far they've come. Right. So the whole story for me was, yes, as a mom, you watch your little girl grow up and not want to play with dolls anymore and kind of doesn't need you anymore. And how do you move forward in your life when your daughters are kind of growing up without you, right? That's what I saw. 
So to me, and I also saw, I think it's going to win best set. I think it's going to win West costume. Yeah. It yeah. was fascinating. It's kind of like Toy Story in the fact that they brought these t- dolls to life. And I thought that was actually pretty creative. So I just think if you go in and want to hate it, you're going to hate it. If, if, but if that's your attitude, don't go see it. I it just don't. And I also think like I'm a little horrified because some of the jokes really are not appropriate for young so girls. The no way. No the movie is not yeah. for girls. Stop. Okay, let's move on to the next movie. Let's move on to the other. No, movie. no, no. I just I'm just saying. No, I feel like oh, wait, this you is, guys want to wrap up. I, I, I want to talk. Really okay, quickly. go ahead. Okay. Go ahead. This movie was not aimed for young children, and they said it in the first place that it's not for young children, it's for teenagers and for mothers, because that's what it's aimed for. It's aimed for teenagers getting older, and it's aimed for moms seeing their daughters get older. The jokes were inappropriate, but teenagers and adults got it, Right, that's right, what it agreed. was aimed for. Yeah, I agree with that. And, I, and, and it know, wasn't aimed for men either. The movie wasn't for men, because men really didn't. We're busy running the patriarchy. We don't have time against men, though. It's not a movie against. We don't have time to watch your fantasy movies because we're busy running your lives. Okay, so just know that you're missing the point. Uh, And listen, you are so mad because you're like, let me guess, she doesn't end up with Ken. No, she doesn't. And of course not. Why would she? And why would Ken? Why would Ken want her anyway? I mean, honestly. It was about a guy who had feelings for a girl who thinks of him as a friend. Okay, she put him in the friend zone. Oh, jeez. And so he needs to go. There's other He sings Barbies. a whole song about it. Yeah. We have a whole society now of men don't need women, women don't need men, no. and yes, you do. No, and, and she and, actually and, said. No, you don't. She actually yes, said. you actually do. No. Families are, the, the nuclear family is actually important. But that's not like your, your, your point. Like but you understand like that, like. You don't need to be married or to oh, be. Oh no, I agree. Life. You okay, don't well, need to be okay, married. So then, why whoa, are you whoa, so whoa, mad whoa. that she doesn't end up with? Okay, hold on, whoa, 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 whoa. hold <laughs> I'm on, guys. Mad. I'm hold really on. not mad, but hold on. But in the movie, it's a Barbie movie. None of the Barbies are are have families. Nobody. There's no baby Barbie in it. They're all just Barbie dolls, right? Like they're yeah. Barbie dolls. Right. Like and don't and overthink Barbie. it. Is my point is don't over right. But put did, too much emphasis on what this was supposed to mean, and, and no, 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 no. I'm not putting that on there. Yes, I'm not. Are. I'm not. No, no, no. The, the makers of the movie did that, not uh, me. I disagree. No, oh, this no, is the an reviews did that. Statement. It's just uh, not. Okay. I would like, say that if right. like if they were if they came back and made all the guys feel stupid in the movie, but they didn't do that. In fact, she actually oh. apologizes to Ken and says, "You know what? I I have I have been misleading you, and I feel bad about that." And he kind of ruined her life and didn't apologize for that. Yeah. So like, I she does like own up to the fact that like, hey, maybe I was a heartless plastic doll who didn't have any feelings until I went to the real world and got empathy. Okay, we've spent way too much time on this. Yeah, we have. Bottom line yeah. is you're going to see what you want to see when you walk in. It's not going to it's not going to change your life. The film's not supposed to. It's not that kind of movie. But it's interesting and I I don't think you need to hate all over it either. And I was not a Barbie I wasn't girl. I was hating. I was just but, I, but as a context. woman, I've seen women saying, I want nothing to do with the Barbie movie. Well, then don't go see it. Like, that's your right, right? I yeah. mean, okay. I was not a Barbie girl. I didn't, I didn't, I, you know, I laugh. Here's the funniest thing, though. For yeah, me. let's keep going. Tying these two movies together, okay? So we go see Oppenheimer, which we're all dying to see. We were all very excited about it. We get together with our nephew, Owen, over the weekend. Ava, he's a film student, and he went to film school. Him and Ava are having a field day talking about, like, film and making movies and how what the order that you need to go see these movies in like apparently there's an order mm-hmm. right like you need to see Oppenheimer right in a certain outfit Oppenheimer cigarette break midday drinking Barbie dinner okay but you're supposed to go to the bathroom and change your clothes between the films right so I make this post about the fact that I'm not going to go change my clothes in between the films to the shock and horror of my teenage daughters and people thought that I was going to wear a bar- Barbie costume I guess I don't know I would never ever wear a Barbie costume to anything but anyway all that to say 
We go to Oppenheimer first, as we're supposed to, apparently. I don't really understand. I don't get the gist of the order, by the way. It makes zero sense to me. I would do we it saw the other it way. Times. We saw it You did. We, the three of us went. And then, um, so what's our take on that movie? I thought it was excellent movie. Excellent movie. Thoughts? I actually, I really like the way they approached it. I think that um, the way they showed his creative process with like the little bursts of like the like sparks and stuff, I thought that was so interesting. I thought the cinematography was interesting. They talked a lot about how um, it was filmed on this very specific type of film, so you had to see it on that screen. You guys saw it in XD, but I saw it on the 700 millimeter film, and I think that that was a really creative thing that they did with it. I thought the cinematography was great. I thought the cast was fantastic. I love Florence Pugh. I I love um Emily Blunt and I just I think it was really well done. I think it took something that when you read about it you're kind of like, okay, cool bombs. Alamogordo, who cares? Or Los Alamos whatever, you're kind of like whatever. But they took a movie about this and they made it so it wasn't all just action. It was it was really well done and really captivating without being like showy and performative and ooh bombs cool. Yeah. I I really liked it. Yeah, I thought the cast. I was shocked. I mean, me and Ella kept saying, "What well, what's that person from? What's that person from?" I would say there's probably twenty major actors yeah. in the film that were. I mean, it, it is long. It's a solid three, three hour film. Um, filmed a lot in New Mexico. Yep. Um, Ella, what what was your take? Did you like it? Uh, I thought it was really good. I was a little bit confused at times because of the they would do the filter, the black and white on certain scenes, and I was confused if that was like modern day because it would switch up pretty frequently. But other than that, it was really entertaining, honestly. Yeah, it yeah. was good. What do you think? Well, it. they did a really good job of creating uh, understanding around the moral conflict of developing something that took so many lives. Mm-hmm. And has changed the world as we know it. Uh, but it was something that I think, by and large, I think Oppenheimer did the right thing, right? And 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 so it, those are tough things, and he struggled with it. Mm-hmm. And obviously, there's a there's a communist element to it that was that was very prevalent at the time, um, it, which he really wasn't as involved in it as he was painted. But it, it was amazing to look at the the conflict of being the person who spearheaded changing the world as we know it. Right. Um, no doubt. And well, he, you had a good really, point, though. You, he really fought that. You had a good point in saying well, after we saw the film, because he was so conflicted, obviously, we're not going to wreck it. I don't think we're wrecking that for anybody. Right. Um, but, you know, because there's a large responsibility. I mean, he's a physicist. He's a scientist. Right. And he's not a general in the army, and nor right. no nor knows anything really about that part of it. Right. Um, so obviously deeply conflicted. But you said when we walked out, you're like, uh, I mean, if he didn't do it, there was the next guy in line that was going to oh, make absolutely. it. So, and the it, Russians were on it, you know. Right. Anyway. So it so, was going to happen. Anyway, right. great story. I love that it was filmed in New Mexico. A lot of it was filmed here. I didn't really know about the start of Los Alamos. Um, yeah. Yeah, so obviously story. anybody in New Mexico, I think you might have a little special love for seeing it just yeah. because of the history directly tied to our state. And um, I don't know. I thought it was I, – I loved it. it that thing is well not done. nominated for a oh. thousand things over. Oh, Such don't worry. Good. It will be. That it, la- yeah. the, the star yeah. – I can't say his name. He's an Irish actor. Killian Murphy. Yeah. What's his name? Killian Murphy. Yeah. He yeah. – excellent. Yeah. Excellent. It, it, it excellent. Really excellent. Was. He was so good. So yeah. anyway, that's that's our movie reviews by the Ron Kettys. Ava, thank you for joining us yeah. this morning. Happy to be here. And uh, we will let you depart. Okay. Because we're going to talk about some other stuff that will probably put you into a deep sleep. <laughs> okay. All right. I'll see you later. All right, uh, just you. so we're aware, uh, we do have a guest coming up in this episode. Fior Hernandez from Victory News is going to join us. She is great. Going to join us in our next segment. Talk about, uh, we'll talk presidential politics. We'll talk border stuff and and a bunch of different issues like that. It's it, It'll be good.
good. So she is an excellent guest. But uh, we want to get into this situation with LeBron James <coughs> and his son. Uh, Bron- you okay over there? All right, there we go. This is a uh, sign I'm talking too much when yeah, I start that's to cough. A good point. We ought to have you calm down with that. Uh, he collapsed right. with a heart attack at 18. Yeah, at 18 years old. He's no, thankfully- he didn't have a heart attack. He had a cardiac arrest. Two different things. Um, it's a charge. I read about it this morning. Okay, uh, a charge, electrical charge to your heart is a cardiac arrest versus a valve artery blockage or something that where the blood's not, the flow is not getting Ooh, to your heart. Interesting. Okay. So um, a cardiac arrest is what we're seeing more and more in these younger athletes are these cardiac arrests. And, okay. you know, I know you don't want me to point out RFK junior stats, but he is the guy that said on Joe Rogan not very long ago that we're seeing about 29 male athletes a month having cardiac arrest issues where it used to be closer to 29 a year. For this, so we're seeing an uptick. I mean, even today, you're you're talking about LeBron James' son. Yeah, we got other people that happened this week. Tori Kelly, um, a singer, uh, she uh, what had an issue three days ago? She collapsed, right? And then then the video, and I don't know if you've seen this. If you've seen seen the Shaka Hislop video, so we'll show you that. It's really crazy to watch it. He's a soccer player, uh, former, you know really very fit. And, um, he was live on the air doing, uh, an in, you know, just basically doing pregame for, for a soccer game. And he started talking, doing the intro and then just, you know, yeah, he just he right went here. down and it, it just, it's scary. And, and, you know, we see more, you know, and this has come out more and more, which is, and there's videos out there where you can see these, these athletes that are, you know, they're out a lot of soccer players, all different sorts of, you know, people have just, and this is, you know, more and more every time this happens, whether it's justified or not, you know, you see it all over the place on Twitter and everything else. People start talking about the vaccine and, and yep. what it has this played a role or has having COVID played a role, by the way, hmm. that's also a possibility, right? right? Because COVID can do damage to, you know, lungs and things like that. So is that part of, the, you know, and so there's a lot going on I hate on to here. say this. I don't know if we're ever going to really find out because I feel like whatever the case is, if it is the vaccine, we're not going to hear about it. Right. It's just going to be hidden forever. Right. And I'm not some big conspiracy theorist on it. I just think it's interesting that they talk about the tests that they're going to start doing now that we're three years into, you know, handing out these vaccines. They're now going to start doing testing on certain things like fertility, even though that supposedly is fine. I mean, I was told it was fine. It's fine. It's yeah. fine. Now they're finally doing some testing and some case studies. They're going to start doing some case studies. Uh, my understanding is on impacts of your heart with this. Right. Um, I've told you I've had friends that have had um, some serious, serious repercussions from the vaccine who never had COVID. So that was a direct response to the vaccine. And they are, are my age. They're in their 50s. Right. And um, so, you know, life altering situations and differences. Now, obviously, it's not impacting everybody. We're right. not here to tell you once again what to do with the vaccine, to have it or not have it. But I just think, you know, when you push out something like this as fast as they did, and they didn't have time to test it. They didn't have time to really get FDA approval. They kind of forced all that. And they told us it was fine. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. And you're basically a selfish jerk if you don't get it. And you're wrecking everybody's life. And you're, you know, you're selfish. And you're going to kill people. And I mean, just it just went on and on and on. And now we're actually slowing down a little bit and saying, hey, this could be having some impacts 
that you didn't plan on having. And I realize you were in a pandemic and maybe there's situations you had to do at the time. I get all that. But to keep pushing this vaccine out without having the real tests behind it, the case studies, that's what makes me really concerned about it. Well, I think you're right. And I think that the problem we run into now is that with a media that that will do no critical thinking whatsoever and, and will not, you know, what's jumped on board with, you know, trust the science, all the stuff that, that we've seen, they've talked about it without realizing there is some context to this. There, there's science on both sides that, that needs to be paid attention to. There is no way going forward that we should believe that, and I don't know if it's the medical industry involved in this and or the media involved in this to think, hey, are we really going to get an honest answer out of this? Because I don't think we will. Well, I really I, well, do well, not think we will. Think of all the things we haven't gotten an honest answer out of. Where did COVID come from? We still, we are never going to know. No. There are a million Americans dead and we're never going to know where that came from. Could we know? Absolutely we could know. Are we going to know how dangerous the vaccine is for young people who probably at least now it looks like maybe didn't need it in the first place. Mm -hmm. And, and Bronnie James could be a good example of that. Are we ever going to know that? Probably not. Mm -hmm. uh, there are so many things now where we just don't know. And, and we used to have a media that would push and push and push and want to know answers. If you look back, even as we go back to, you know, even Watergate, would we have known anything that Nixon did? If we didn't have Woodward and Bernstein pushing hard, the answer is no. We don't have that now mm -hmm. because their team is in office. And so when their team's in office, we're not going to know a dang thing that goes on. Well, I mean, and that's bad. It's bad. I mean, even just kind of jumping off the, the, the vaccine conversation of just how media is really manipulating things. I mean, we've gone to look up things and you can't find anything that goes against. It's like one world thought on whatever it is. So yeah. if it's the vaccine, there's a one world thought on it. And I'm like, I'm sorry, any topic out there is going to have more than one opinion on something. And that's a very frightening thing when you can Google something and you cannot find Anything that goes against the grain, yeah. nothing. That's manipulation to me. And Elon Musk talks about this with, uh, you know, LeBron James's son. Mm -hmm. He mentions this on Twitter. And that's why Twitter's kind of become this spot where you see both sides a bit more than you do in other, in other platforms. Now, of course, Elon Musk has become a target because of that. Right. And, and all of a sudden, Twitter's horrible because right. you can actually see some of this stuff. Right. It is really dangerous where we are now. And in fact, when we started doing some research for this segment on the show, I started to look up information on athletes collapsing. You can't find it. It's right. really hard to find. And, right. And we're, we're, I, we were pulling it because we were tracking it for a long time. And you could see that. All that stuff's been pulled down now. Yeah. Like, it is a, it's an unbelievable arrangement of people. And, and again, I'm not a conspiracy theorist on anything other than maybe the JFK shooting. Yeah. Right. <laughs> That's really it. That's the farthest I go on my conspiracy theories. I just think it's unusual when you go to try to find research on something online and you can only find one opinion over and over and and people might say, oh, that's because that's the real opinion. No, I disagree with that. Yeah, you still see enough people, enough of the tests that are, people are doing. I know that um, uh, the Finland, I believe, or Nor Norway are doing, they're the ones that are really lead, spearheading the way on these tests. Right. Um, so I'm even trying to find their media talking about it because a, clearly American media is going to shut it down. But, you know, this other guy was talking on Twitter yesterday, again, this is jumping to a different topic, but just saying 
be really careful what media you're pulling in all your information from, because even like Hunter Biden's business associate slash best friend is going to testify. Right. Against him, and and it's going to be damning. I guarantee it's going to be damning right. against Joe, him. Joe was right in the middle of it. In fact, it wasn't a Hunter Biden operation. It was a Joe Biden right. operation. And the point is, is that he what he did in this in this piece that he did is he showed how every conservative, I mean every mainstream media outlet from the Washington Post, New York Times, CNN, MSNBC, he took the clips from the stories of the day. Not one mention in any of those. So he said, you're never going to even hear about this story unless you are tapping into conservative media. And I just think, how sad is this that you have to have uh, conservative media and then you have to have mainstream left wing (laughs) media? Like, what happened is media. Like, it's gone. It's gone. Like, and and it's just sad because it's like somebody even on um, our our Facebook page, um, when we talked about the vaccines, one person just wrote very simply, you're both nuts. Okay. Which I don't care. I could, I don't care what you personally think. I could care less, quite frankly. Um, because I'm like, well then, cause you, maybe you don't have two daughters that you gave this shot to that you're worried about what's going to impact them moving down the, the chain of their life. And if they're going to be able to have babies and things of those natures that we're now seeing coming out in testing, right. That they're testing it. So there's a reason they're testing it. Um, if they weren't, then I probably wouldn't have my concerns. So just, again, it's just calling people nuts because, because what we want more information because now we may be questioning our decisions. I, well, I think well, that that's kind of a freedom that you should have that somehow now is going to be like, you're wrong. If you're questioning yourself, you're crazy. You're nuts. You're what I, I we have to stop that. We have to stop that methodology that if I disagree with you, then you're the crazy one. And it goes to, on both sides of the aisle. Well, I, I agree, but it's it's also if you look at where we are, and you even stretch out to the Hunter Biden thing. I mean this this is corruption where people belong in jail, like taking money from foreign governments, he, them taking money from the Ukraine, and Joe Biden actually saying on tape, "I stopped." loan guarantees to the Ukraine unless they fired a guy I wanted him to fire in mm-hmm. this all ties. I mean, he's taking money from foreign governments like this is horrendous. And, and, and we, have a, we have a mainstream media. Yeah. That just does not want to address it. And in this is going to lead to the end of the Biden presidency. That's clear whether they want it to or not. But this does take you back to elections and why they're important. Because if you did not have a Republican House of Representatives None of this would come out. Right. The media would never touch it. The mainstream media would never touch it. And they'd always say, oh, that's just a conservative media thing. Don't worry about it. This is very damaging for this country. And I think we have to wake up and realize that the media has to hold our political leaders accountable. I don't care what party you're from. You should be a miserable existence for an elected official. They should be like, here comes the media again. They shouldn't be like, here come my, here comes my, uh, here comes my media to help me out. Yeah. I, that, that, that's a dangerous thing. Well, and even thing. as a person of the media, I, I think what I am frightened of is when I see media people and I know some personally, and I'm not saying this is all media people that I know, but I do know some that basically just automatically without doing any research, they just discount the side that they don't agree with. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. That is not your job. Your job isn't to even have an opinion. Your job is to report on the news. And your job is to say, okay, here's the facts on this side. Here's the facts on this side. They're not my facts. 
They're, I didn't create these facts. I went out and actually found real sources and did my job. And I feel like that's the missing envelope is that they think I can be a critical thinker and I can decide what information I'm going to do a story on because I know better than you. And I just think that that's, you've missed the whole point of journalism when you're doing that. Yeah. You're, and if you, if I hear one, one person quote New York times only, I'm going to just blow up. Well, I, but in, and now finally the New York times is starting to wade their toe into some of this, which is ridiculous. It's taken them this long, but all right, we're going to one more story here. I wanted to touch on, okay. um, out of Carlsbad because it's talking about the New Mexico oil and gas industry, which continues to just basically be a bulwark and hold up the state budget all on its own. But this is interesting through March, Eddie County has collected a total of $92 million from oil and gas production taxes. Wow. So in the, the article was in uh, the Carlsbad Current Argus, um, which is just unbelievable numbers in, in, in what's happening in Eddie County. And we've said it before. Look, we have the best oil and gas industry in the world here, the cleanest, most efficient oil and gas industry in the world. And without it, you know, you don't have the budget surpluses here in the state of New Mexico. And remember, Eddie County is just basically Carlsbad and Artesia. You know, you still got, you know, Lee County. You've still got parts of Chavez County, still even up into Roosevelt County. I mean, we're still generating a lot of revenue here in the state of New Mexico in continuing to produce oil and gas. Now, we also have a push and pull from Santa Fe where they constantly are trying to choke this supply off and the money that that is supplied to the state of New Mexico. But not even just Santa Fe. I'm sorry, but our U.S. senators, they're oh. both trying to, to cut it down, too. I and I keep thinking either you guys just don't live here. So you don't know what's going on anymore. You're right. that you're that clueless. You're pushing your you know no gas stove agenda, uh, and not recognizing where the bulk of our money is coming from, which is maddening when I see them even talk about any of this stuff on Twitter. Because I'm thinking, did you just leave the state and you totally forgot where you came from, or, or are you actually ever even from here, or are you just solid and sticking to some agenda on a national national green energy? load of crap, sorry, that you can't actually see what's good for your state anymore. Right. And that's what's really frightening because not only is our stuff, our oil and gas good for our state, it's good for our country. country right. And it really, it's not the only energy source. We've never pushed it as the only energy source. We've never said it's the only thing we should be doing. That's not what we're saying. No, we're all, everybody says all of the above, but, but realizing at the same time that oil and gas is a critical part of our economy and, and, and do to have leaders who don't truly understand that it is absolutely staggering. And, and again, who gets hurt if you start driving up those prices, you, you start saying you're not going to have a, a gas stove anymore. Okay. That's going to drive up prices and that's going to drive up energy prices. That's going to drive up electricity, but all of that's going to affect people at the lower end of the economic spectrum. Mm -hmm. But again, this isn't about that. This is about virtue signaling. Right. And this is about politics and not people. It happens all the time. Mm -hmm. It's the same reason you say everybody's got to have an EV by 2027 or 43% do, not realizing the average cost of an EV is $55,000 and the average income in the state is $30,000. Don't have the money for it. And yes. Meanwhile, you go get the $9 million jet to cruise around in. Right. It's all phony. And not only that, just the fact that, yeah, you still got to drill and dig for lithium 
for those batteries. It's not like you're doing the world any favors. Like that's also, I feel like such a myth out there is that, oh, well, no, if you do EV, you're totally protecting the planet. Really? No. Because you're Look, digging up the planet be, too. When, I mean. we, when we <laughs> save the planet, it's going to be fusion. It's going to be fusion. So let's start spending big money. Too bad we don't have Oppenheimer here around still to talk wow. to you about that. We could. Well, no, I mean, they, they talked a little bit about fusion they and do. fission. They and, talk and, a lot yeah. about it in Oppenheimer. Yeah, absolutely. So. Okay. Well, should we get Fiora in here? Yeah, let's do that. She's got lots of good things to say, I'm sure. Let's get her take on some of this. Let her weigh in on. And there's also some breaking news that is just coming out. So. Yeah, absolutely. We'll hit it right now. Okay. You're listening to the No Doubt About It podcast. Back to your hosts, Christy and Mark Ronchetti. On a very busy news week, we have one of our favorite news people, Fior Hernandez from Victory News joining us. Thank you, Fior, for taking the time to talk. No, thank you for having me. It's an honor to be here and finally uh, meet uh, Christy. You love you guys. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. We've heard I've heard a ton about you, so it's nice to see your face. It actually is to talk to you face to face. Likewise, it is a busy news morning, and. yeah, we're going to get right to this. I, I think a couple things. Now, you work with Victory, which is interesting because we talk all the time about how media just flat out, especially the mainstream media, does not cover stories that matter. And in the Hunter Biden story would be tops on that list right now. You working with Victory News out of Fort Worth, you guys do cover these stories. So tell me where you think we are on this. I know the plea deal's been torn up here, but we still don't have a mainstream media that seems to want to address this issue. So do you think by this plea deal being torn up and and kind of being everything's out there again, do you think we're finally going to see some coverage on this? Well, you're right, Mark. We have talked about it. And in fact, I hope you guys don't mind, but I I have a I'm actually at my desk here at Victory News and I have a bunch of notes in front of me because we're actually covering that developing story where it seems like this uh, sweetheart deal uh, for Hunter Biden is actually crumbling right before his eyes and right before the eyes of the mainstream media. I believe that uh, in those conversations that we've had about the mainstream media sort of ignoring or trying to brush under the rug, and in many ways, what people call protecting the Biden administration, those days are coming to an end. I'm going to be hopeful and and actually say that um, because they're not going to be able to avoid all of the truth uh, that is being um just unearthed uh, for a lack of a better term or explanation. So when this judge, Mary Ellen Rica, uh, started to ask questions, uh, everybody was already speculating that this was coming, that the plea deal, the plea deal was not going to happen. So at least not the sweetheart one that Hunter and, and everybody, many on his team were waiting for. Yeah. And, and, and when you look at where we are right now, it, you know, last night this starts to come out. And what I'm talking about here is basically Tuesday night. There was yes. some word that his attorneys tried to basically pull a fast one on the judge and say, really, what happened here is there was some uh, amicus brief, which was which was filed with the court and basically trying to introduce a lot more information from the whistleblowers from the IRS saying, wait a minute, this guy is bad news. This is a bad deal. Then Hunter Biden's attorney, or at least someone in that office tried to come up and say, Oh, you know, basically tried to impersonate another Mm -hmm. attorney saying, Hey, we shouldn't include this, you know, in, in the, in the trial information. And that ended up blowing things up too, as well. 
right? But apparently it, they attempted to pull that fast one on the judge and, and she she caught it right away. I mean, they jumped right on it. I know exactly what you're talking about. I believe that staff, the firm staff, a member is a female, uh, but I think it was clarified that she's not really a practicing attorney. However, she does a work at that firm uh, representing uh, Hunter Biden. And so, uh, yes, there was an attempt. Of course, that firm replied back uh, to the judge saying, no, this is all a misunderstanding. It was all a breakdown in communication, but you guys all know <laughs> yeah. about that and how that works. Yeah, figure that out. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So let, let's talk about where you think this is going. Uh, so your colleague Mike Garofalo and I, and and, it's, and I got to give Mike credit. He's the first one who said this. Has said there's no way Joe Biden is the nominee for the yeah. Democrats because not only this, but his inability to function going forward. So so tell me, where do you think we're going with this? Well, it's interesting. And yes, we're going to go ahead and give Garofalo the credit. Okay. Don't tell him that I did that, right? No, no, no. <laughs> but but I have to say, I, I also heard that Christy, you know, she she has uh she's thinking about RFK. Oh, so I know, see? Yes. Like, I, agree. I agree a little bit and I'll explain why. But let's go back to uh to Biden, to Joe Biden. Um, so there is a colleague that I have, uh, he is a pastor and he's sort of a political strategist uh, in the faith community, and he educates yeah. Uh, Christians on how to vote according to biblical values. And so he was telling me, he has some intel, and he was telling me that uh, there was uh, some sort of meeting uh, where Obama uh, was kind of subliminally letting Biden know, hey, don't feel like you have to run. But of course, Joe Biden, indicative of his personality, I hear, uh, said, no, I am going to run. And so I don't know if you guys remember uh, back in June with that story with the submersible Remember the Titan? Yep, absolutely. Right? It was in June. You don't quote me. I don't have that information right in front of me. Uh, but um, Obama took to CNN, okay, to the mainstream media, and he's kind of hinted that, hey, uh, the media is focusing on this submersible, and we understand that it's a tragedy, but there's other stuff going on. And according to this pastor, who I trust, uh, in those conversations among faith leaders, it was said that that was Obama's sign to the mainstream media to fo start focusing on Hunter Biden and, and, and Joe Biden and all of the allegations surrounding that. Now, that may not sound like that when you listen to that interview on CNN with Obama, but according to this pastor, that was what was being uh, said. So at that point, there was green light, take him down. We don't want him to run again. Well, and you know, what's interesting is I did say that kind of a couple of weeks ago, I said, somebody has given this green light because for us yes. to be protecting Joe Biden for as long as the media has been protecting him. And then yes. suddenly out of nowhere, it is yes. a, a flash flood of let's expose Joe for every single thing, every fall he takes, every mental shift he has, every yes. wrong thing he says, wrong wave he has. Um, every kind of debacle. And then so it's interesting to hear that there's a, a group of folks out there that are really saying, hey, this is more uh, put together than maybe we honestly think it is. So or maybe and hey, we're no conspiracy theorists here. Right. Not right. Theorists, <laughs> but come on, some things are just uh, clear as day and people just choose to not see them. We have this saying in, in Puerto Rico that there's no worse blind person than the one who does not want to see. And right. so we have <laughs> going on. Expression, yeah. actually. That's our quarter of the day right <laughs> yeah, there. I like it. Yeah. Well, it but Fjord does amaze me, though, that, that it's still taking this long because the Hunter stuff right. still wasn't getting enough coverage. And, and we detailed it here that there are times when they're starting to chip away at Joe and, and you can see how compromised he truly is. Yes. 
yesterday he said we we have uh, cured cancer. I don't know if you know that. So congratulations to the United States of America. We have done that. But but you know broadly though still the 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 real tidal wave has not quite happened yet. So so the question is does it come through Hunter or how does it happen and do you see this as something where when it finally does happen which we all think it will maybe late summer early fall do you think there's going to be a an anointing of say somebody like Gavin Newsom or or do you think there's going to be an open primary here I think that Gavin Newsom is the, is the name that everybody kind of goes to. But again, I'm going to go back to Christy and that hunch that she has with RFK and the interest to know more. See, I was looking at this report the other day where um, you guys remember when RFK was testifying about the censorship. OK, mm -hmm. and that was a very good day for him. If you allow me to give my opinion on that, at least I think so. And I was reading an article that highlighted that there was a super PAC that backs him that in one day of testimony from RFK, they made five million dollars on that one day. OK, now, former Senator Pennsylvania Senator uh, Santorum brought this question up, which really made my eyebrows perk, and it was. It would be interesting to find out how many of those donors to the super PAC that very day are Democrats or are they Republicans or mm. independents? You see, yeah. so it, those are the kinds of questions that I think a lot of people need to be asking themselves when we're looking at candidates on both sides. Right. And, and again, just you know, yeah, no, I, I and I think that's exactly what I've been saying is that RFK Jr. is going to have an appeal to some conservative voters, even though he is still very much a, a left-leaning um, candidate, for sure. But he is more conservative in certain issues that are important to Republicans and into independents. So I just think, you know, I do think the party is going to try to do whatever they can to maybe discredit him, shove him down a little bit, make him be quiet. But um, I think it would, I, I still stand by the fact that if you actually let that guy have a debate against Gavin Newsom or against Biden, it would be interesting. I think there might be more players that come out once yes. we actually admit that Joe will not be up there anymore. But it's right. interesting. Wait, you guys don't want Kamala Harris? What's going oh, on? I know. I, look, are you kidding me? Can you imagine her? In a, in a, I have never seen anyone talk into a cul-de-sac quite like she does. I mean, it is amazing to listen to her. And, and, and it is one of these things. And Fear, you know this. And Chrissy knows this having been on TV there are times, and I think she just gets in her own head, where she starts speaking and she just can't get herself out of this. And she's gotten so – it's like when the camera turns on, she she just the, – the room gets very small. The number of words she can draw from is like a dozen. We've been to the border. We've been to the border. You haven't been to the border. I, and I haven't been to Europe. So she says the same word seven times in two sentences. Well, actually, I heard this guy. He was talking about her on Megyn Kelly yesterday. And he said, uh, she, you know, she went down and gave this whole speech in Jackson, I think Jacksonville, Florida yesterday. Oh, yes. oh yeah. yeah. We'll talk about that. Too. I mean, that's, a, a, you know, just a, a can of ridiculousness right there. But what he observed just about her speech pattern was that when she kind of goes off the cuff, she's cackling and kind of like does it that kind of nonsense what you're talking about where she repeats her words when she's yeah. all angry and da, 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 it's a speech that somebody's written for her. 
So I thought that was kind of an interesting thing that like she really can't go off the cuff. Like she needs to have everything prepared. Well, that's the way Joe is too. Oh, well, I mean, for different reasons, for different reasons, right? Right. But yeah, for her as a defense mechanism, who knows? But I do know that she started to go off the cuff about culture. You would think that a woman of color would be able to eloquently Right. Um, mm-hmm. But again, and we like you said, you'll talk about Jacksonville and what she talked about there. But that when she addressed that curriculum, I mean, the, the one thing I would have wanted, at least, was that she was knowledgeable that every African-American scholar involved in crafting that. Approved. Right. 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 And let's talk about it. It's a good segue. So <laughs> let's talk about this. Uh, they continue to go after DeSantis over this. And, and it's basically the curriculum in Florida talking right. about and, and making sure that the kids are properly educated on the not only the horrors of slavery, everything that came with it, which which was which was an incredibly dark time in our history. And, and, and so that has been laid out. And, and you're exactly right, Fjord, that, that everyone involved in this did a pretty good job with the curriculum. Now, they've grabbed one sentence out of context and, right. and tried to jump on it. She then flies on a plane, goes yeah. down there. And here's my argument with the mainstream media, that, that that's what they end up covering. They end up covering right. one sentence that says, you know, that says basically, you know, effectively that there there could have been some benefit to some people, some skill they may have learned. That is not, you know, the core of this in any way, shape or form. That but that's what the media covers. And that's what makes them so dangerous and at the same time what makes it so dangerous is that they don't cover real news if they did we would be looking at a whole different situation and and just one more little rabbit hole before i let you answer on this just look back to nixon if woodward and bernstein had decided that nothing to see here we didn't want they didn't want to cover nixon do you think nixon would have left office absolutely not and now the media won't cover these things. And when they do cover things, they'll grab one line out of a out of a curriculum that absolutely talks about the horrors of slavery. So where do you think well, this this is right now? To jump on you, Mark, yeah. before she jump before we ask her the question. CNN even said that DeSantis is saying that Rosa Parks is no longer relevant in in the civil rights cause. Right. Mm-hmm. Like the, the Rosa Parks doesn't exist, basically. And again, that's not at all what this curriculum says. But that is what CNN jumped on. Right. So again, like, right. What, what are your thoughts on this? Because that's the sensational. And again, and, and obviously for me to say something like that, maybe some people will jump on me because I'm a, what they call a woman of color. Right. Uh, but no, I, it, the truth is, is this, it's the first thing I thought about. Did anyone look to see who crafted this uh, for DeSantis and for the state and for the Department of Education and the children. And what does it really say and what it means? I'll be the first one to admit I have not read it in detail, but I'm looking forward to doing so because of all the questions surrounding it and all of the lies that the mainstream media wants to put out there, again, to fit this um, this agenda or this narrative, um, and really, yes, attacking DeSantis, whichever you support or not, or what you like about him or you you don't, he is the second runner up, right, after Donald Trump right now. If I'm not mistaken, let me know. The polls are still showing that. Um, so, of course, they have to go after him. And one of the critics, criticism that I've heard against him is, is that he's focusing too much on that woke uh, woke ideology and the culture war and not the other issues. So, of course, they're going to want to attack him there. But, right. uh, but yes. Yeah. Go ahead. They're just go, they just go to him because he like you said, like he's because he's running. Right. So like if he's just a normal governor and he's passionate about this curriculum and he's putting the right people in place that he feels like to write this curriculum, 
That's Kamala right. is not catching a plane and going down there. Well, and and I do think, and and you know, we can disagree on this to some degree. I've, I've gone round and round with Mike on this a little bit. I do <laughs> think that they want no part of DeSantis. If you look at the latest numbers out of Arizona, DeSantis wins by seven. Trump That's and true. Biden are tied. That's okay, true. and and I and I have maintained the theory that, and again, look, I'll be honest with you. If it's Trump and Biden, I'm going to vote for Trump clearly. But I will say, I believe. That the only person Trump can beat is Biden, and the only person Biden can beat is Trump. Yeah. I do believe that. And, and, and so to me, I think the Democrats don't want any part of DeSantis. They don't want any part of Tim Scott or Nikki Haley or anybody else because okay. I think they would they would destroy Joe Biden. Now, the president, and the reason I say that is because President Trump is so well-defined by the middle of the electorate, right? They know how they feel about him one way or another. And I think it's really hard to find those voters who would slide back and forth. That is true. And I have to say that with DeSantis, I recently got to see him speak at the Christians United for Israel um, in near D.C. Uh, last week. And um, not that I was surprised, but I, I really uh, did notice the support that he has amongst that particular group of people. And, and it was a very um, it just I mean, they were out there, a very bold support uh, for him. And and so a lot of people were speaking very good things. And so we're seeing that we, we're definitely seeing that. And even having been a Florida resident for some years. And right. I, I have to admit, I, I loved him as a Florida governor. I really did. Um, I do also admit I'd need to learn a little bit more about what would make me be passionate to vote for him this time right. around. And again, right. try no, to I get it. And, and, believe me, and, and I think when you've, when you've watched what they've done to president Trump, it, you see it there and, and it's infuriating. It's infuriating. So, so that's why as, as a Republican electorate, I think we all kind of go, wait a minute. Cause you want to stand up and be like, you can't keep doing this. Yeah. But, but I will say, we talk about DeSantis having some support, but if you're coming out uh, two days ago in Politico, he's cut a lot more staff than was originally thought a third of his staff is a what third it of his yes. staff is gone yeah. yes yes now they i know I, I was reading that it's because of finances or funding right. but yep. um he also did say that there's going to be like a revamping of the campaign he's caught a lot of criticism that he's not i don't know energetic enough or that he doesn't know how to run a campaign and so i mean what do, what do you guys think do you think it's funding i think it's the latter i don't know if it's funding too much I, right well, there, there's there's no doubt it's got to be money if he's cutting staff. Okay. okay. Well, so, you would know. You would know. Well, sir. <laughs> right. Well, so what was interesting is when you look at his fundraising numbers, if, you're, if you go back to the beginning of last quarter, he had huge numbers, right? True. But then if you go to the end of that quarter, that money was tailing off. It's very true. Yeah, right. Yeah, so that's a huge problem for him. And so, and I also think he went out and he probably hired too many people too quickly uh, on yeah. this thing. So he had to pull that back. And yeah. I do think if you if there's a dark horse person to watch, now I know there's some talk about Vivek, but I yeah. think Tim Scott is running the kind of campaign that eventually he could be the alternative and it mm -hmm. could be a Trump Scott fight to the death. Well, and because I think what let's, you know, we're seeing Trump and DeSantis just destroy each other, right? Like that's kind of the goal. That's kind of what they're yes. trying to do, obviously. And yes. I think people are going to get sick of that after a while. I, I actually, I hate that part of campaigning. I mean, I know everybody does too, but it's, you know, I know it's part of the thing that you got to do. You got to take the, the first, the first guy's got to try to take the second guy out and vice versa and all that kind of stuff. But sometimes people get sick of it. And they want to see the other candidates show up and see what they have to say. And obviously, I do think there's revamping, though, too, that, you know, he like you said, he grew real fast. 
coming out thinking, I don't know, I mean, I'm not in his camp by any means, but the fact that you're running a governor's race, very different than running a presidential race, that assumption of like, hey, I've got to go balls the walls here and I got to put all this money behind this. And then, whoa, 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 this is a much longer race than maybe we first anticipated. And maybe we don't need all these players out here right right now. Like maybe we save some of these guys for after the primary. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, maybe a little Rosella's overconfident off the gate. Maybe. Uh, Yeah. That's that's what I would say. But I also wanted to point out that with uh, mentioning Tim Scott and and Vivek, um, I think what's up, one of the things that I honestly like about both of them, and you guys let me know if you agree or disagree, obviously, but I think that what I like about them is that they really haven't gotten into that drama part that we've talked about just now, that a lot of people are kind of just saying, look, we're, we're just turned off by this already. Long enough. It's been enough. Let's stop it. I think both of them have been very mature in the way that they tackle questions or whether they decide to target uh, former President Trump or not, uh, or even DeSantis uh, in a negative way. They've been very professional, uh, very careful in the way that they proceed. And I actually kind of like that. And one of the things, obviously, working for Victory News, faith-based platform, one of the things that I like about Vivek is that, and he was on uh, one of our platforms programs here called Flashpoint, and he basically said, uh, he he knows and he understands and he does not negate that this country was founded on Judeo-Christian values. Now, he's not a Christian, that's no surprise. And I thought that was a uh, kind of stand-up of him to do right off the bat. Every platform he goes on, he says, we are not denying that. Yeah. So I think and, of and interest. I agree. And that's something we're looking for in, in a nominee uh, from from our perspective is somebody who understands how important faith is in this country and, yes. and make sure that we stand up for for Christ and for God's light. Like we, we've made no secret of that either. And, and I think right now, I, I think the tough part is in a primary in this happens. I don't care whether you're running for for, you know, House of Representatives, Senate, governor or president. The the primaries are the worst because you just take these personal shots at people. Why? Because you don't have huge policy differences. You're like, I don't like that guy because he's a jerk. Like, that's how it comes out. (laughs) Great point. I love it. You know what I mean? If you're running like you're running against your Democratic (laughs) opponent, well, my gosh, there's a million things you can disagree about. But I think the other thing that's interesting about all this is, is that I think one thing I really like about Tim Scott and Vivek is probably very similar, which is. Tim Scott is genuinely kind of a sunny disposition type of guy, and that's the campaign he's running. You get into trouble when you try to be somebody you're not. Mm -hmm. You get exposed. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I I have to agree with that. I think both of these candidates we're talking about right now are being themselves. They're not trying to fit a a mold or a character that maybe the popular or the consensus is saying they should do. They're they're following their, their morals, their heart and the plan. So I don't know if you had a chance or not to see this. Uh, it's I don't know if it's by a Trump pack. I'm not really sure. It's an ad that came out. I saw it for the first time yesterday. It's going after kind of this deep state um, theme. It's very dark. It's one of the darkest political ads I've actually seen. And it's a direct hit towards Biden. So if you have, you have not seen it yet. Right now, let's check it out. Get your take. Yeah. If I was the deep state and I wanted to destroy America. I would rig the election with a puppet candidate, one that was so compromised that they would never say a word about it. I would create a false flag that allows for mail-in ballots. I would be in charge of the ballot counting machines. I would create a false flag to blame all who question the results of the election. If I was the deep state, I would prosecute anyone that went against me. 
I would sue and prosecute anyone that spoke up about the fraudulent election. Would use my powers to shut down all your internet businesses and bankrupt you. If I was the deep state, I would make everyone an example why you should never question a Democrat ever winning an election. I would imprison my foes. I would use my corrupt DAs and blackmail judges to destroy you. I would make sure all crimes I ever committed never happened. I would prosecute my biggest competition. I would make sure they could never run for office ever again. If I was the deep state, I would convince everyone that Ukraine Nazis were good and women are men. If I was the deep state, I would own every politician that mattered. If I was the deep state, I would push my pedophilia ambitions on you. If I was the deep state, you'd question your sexual identity, but not the medical establishment. If I was the deep state, you would fear to ever resist me. If I was the deep state, you would wish I was really the devil. If I was the deep state, I would say mission accomplished. Wow. Okay. So that's wow. it. obviously pretty dark. Uh, wow. Yes. A dark is, is like an understatement. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I dare to go ahead and say this. Though it's dark, unfortunately, we are seeing a lot of dark things come to light. Mm -hmm. And if you see it's targeting a lot of the things that we're now seeing that even the mainstream media cannot deny, even if they choose to, even if they're still insisting on calling it unverified information. Even though it's clear as day redacted there by the FBI, even though it's not a classified document, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. The FB 1023. Yep. Yep. With allegations that are a pretty, pretty credible. If we're gonna go ahead and say, okay, this came from the FBI. So I would say that it is dark. I, I don't know how the, the masses are going to receive it. Have you guys uh, read anything on feedback thus far? Or you know, wow. I honestly just saw it on Twitter. And yeah, Frank Luntz, who's a Republican pollster, uh, he kind of and and Frank Luntz is not somebody of the, you know, uh, he right. can kind of swing back and forth, I guess you'd say. Uh yeah. he, he said it was a it was a pretty uh, cynical ad. Uh, obviously, again, it is not. It's not from the campaign. I think it's from either a pack or a supportive group. So obviously, okay. Trump doesn't have direct, you know, Got influence it. over that. And in fact, by law, right. he can't. But right. still, it, it does. It does kind of create this bright line where where, where we are. It does. It, it does show a very significant divide here. And and this election, if it is. Biden versus Trump is going to be the most vicious of our lifetimes. It is. It is. I think we need to brace ourselves. And um, well, I mean, you like elections, sir. <laughs> I don't know if I like them. There, right? Right? Oh, both of you. Both of you actually. Oh, oh. I'm not sure we like them. But yeah, I know. Necessary, yeah, so. right. Well, yeah. yeah, we certainly appreciated that you ran. We oh certainly. well, no, I appreciate it. And so let's let's talk about a couple other things I wanted to touch on with you because you've had so much time you've spent at the border, and, and sure. it's it's a story you've been on for victory. You've been down in El Paso. You've been down in Sunland Park uh, in New Mexico. So so talk to me a little bit about where you think we are, because to me right now, uh, this appears to be, especially between Texas and, and the feds, this just gets uglier and uglier. It does get uglier. There's so much going on surrounding that right now, as you both know right now, if I'm not mistaken, I'm, uh, Secretary Mayorkas, the DHS secretary, is testifying on Capitol Hill, and that's getting intense. And, and so so that's one aspect of it. But of course, from what we were seeing this morning, Democrats are trying to make him look good and trying to say, you know, he is doing the best he can considering the circumstances. But Bottom line is this, from, from my experience going down there, and I know that you were down there when uh, the lifting of, of Title 42, we were there at the same time. And I think that 
it was just so interesting how their 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 response, the Biden administration's response to questions about how they would handle the lifting of, of Title 42 and the consequences of that and the flow of migrants coming in, possibly increasing. Um, you know, they, they were saying, oh, we're, we're going to not allow or, or block them from coming in if they do not apply online uh, prior to getting to the U.S. and Mexico border, or if they do not apply for protection or asylum in any of the countries that they um, travel through, right? Which we know they weren't going to do that. Their final destination goal is where? Mm-hmm. Here, the United States of America, which I happen to think it's the best country in the world, right? right. And so, anyway, um, but so, so we know now that this uh, U.S. District Judge um, uh, John Tigger uh, blocked that, right? Uh, so the way the media is covering that, in some ways, in my opinion, is making the Biden administration look a little good, like they were actually doing something. But guys, we all know, we all know, having been down there and following independent journalists like Real America's Voice, okay. We know that what's happening is they're changing terminologies or definitions, okay, from legal, uh, from illegal, excuse me, to legal by by ways that they're creating, what is it, the so-called lawful pathways, right? Like the CBP-1 app that we know has its troubles of its own. There's the humanitarian parole process that started before the lifting of Title 42, if I'm not mistaken. And then we have the story, and that allows, what is it, 30000 a month? Yeah. Okay. And and so they're not considered or counted as illegal. So basically, what's happening is that there's just a a difference in the definition that they're giving what's illegal immigrant to us, right? But they're getting in either way. And I and and you guys covered that that very day. You covered what was happening. We were getting told one thing on the U.S. side, and you were exposing something Uh, else on the Mexico side. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. No. It's it's you know it's so just dispiriting about it is that the only thing they care about is a PR effort. That's the only thing that's of interest yeah. in the administration. They don't care yeah. about the board. They, yeah. In fact, they, they as long as they can do what they want to do and the PR looks good enough, then yes. that's all that matters. It's such a cynical way for a government yes. to operate. It, it yes. really is terrifying. Yes. And you know what, guys, I have to say that in my experience during the covering of t- the lifting of Title 42, that was one of the things I'm so glad you brought that up because it was so disheartening to see uh, how Border Patrol officials, you know, the spokesperson, I don't want to highlight just one person or attack anybody. But, you know, uh, the way we were getting uh, played with, if you will, we're independent media. We don't, you know, if we didn't follow wherever the talking points were going to be held and, and and put out there with the nice photo opportunities set in the background uh, and ignored what was really happening, mm-hmm. uh, we didn't do that. Then we were not going to get the interview. You know, and it took me a, a you know a lot to actually go up and say hi. We were having all these conversations, so I really got to see the truth about how the independent media is treated. So I have to give kudos to those that are out there on the front lines covering the truth yeah. about what's happening. Oh, Everybody, it's absolutely yeah. true. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. Have some security the next time that my husband just goes down there and starts walking across the border. And- <laughs> well. In the middle of the night to cover it was, stuff. It, was, it, was, it wasn't our smartest move, but we did escape it okay. So, uh, Fior, I want to talk to you a little bit about just kind of as well, we'll get you out of here on, on this overall theme. And we had a couple of questions for you on this, but the, the importance of, you know, our faith communities in 2024 and voting and the ability to be able to, for people to make their voices heard. Uh, you you deal in a world of Victory News in the middle of that faith community. But I'll tell you, I, in seeing it from the election side, we don't vote enough. I mean, we do not vote enough. We don't register enough voters uh, that, that vote their values. So how do you, 
you know, how do you see this playing out over the next, you know, year or so as we get ready for a a pretty hotly contested presidential race? Well, I think I see a lot of a lot of faith leaders waking up right now. And I know that that sounds hopeful and maybe the numbers um, contradict what I'm saying. And right. And maybe that's wishful thinking. Um, but I also believe in speaking with faith and declaring these things as if they right are. And I have to say that the work that we're doing, the work that you're doing in other organizations and in this other uh, the pastor that I told you as a political strategist, I mean, moving, we're moving uh, uh, an army. Uh, of sorts. Okay. And it, everybody's preparing for this election and everybody, whatever you think about what happened in 2020 or didn't happen in 2020, it certainly got a lot of people ears perked up, eyebrows raised, right? And everybody's saying, wait one darn minute, you see parents standing up and speaking out. And I have to say in the faith community, we have a very strong voice and we have to use it this coming election more than ever. If, if we don't if you think this season that we're living is crazy, really, I can't even speak about what is to come. And so we have to truly take a, what, you know, Jesus referred to the church as the ecclesia. And one of the definitions for that is the governing body, his governing body on earth, operative word governing. So those thinking, oh, we have no business in politics. We need to not mix. You're wrong. We need to be bold, speak, and not be silent on the face of the opposition. Yeah. And persecution even. So <laughs> we're going to cut that and use it in an ad <laughs> in New Mexico to make sure that people get out and vote. Because I do think it is, you know, we did get hit sometimes on the other side of saying, you know, you know, your faith and your politics have to be divided. And it's we're seeing that crossover. You know, what we're seeing that's interesting, too, is some of our pastors who were a bit more quiet during our personal, you know, the governor's election here have now really been more forceful in saying, I'm not going to tell you to vote for, but I am going to tell you that there's a lot of moral issues that yes. there is. it's black and white when it comes to God's word. And that's right. what we're going to preach about. And that's what we're going to share with our voters. And I just am really proud of when I hear pastors yeah. and faith leaders standing up and saying, start, starting to talk about moral values and, and, um, and how it is absolutely impactful for you to vote. Based on yes, your voice. You have to, as a Christian, you have to, you have to do this and you can't just go there ignorant, even in prayer, guys, in prayer, we have to pray with the knowledge and the wisdom. We have to know what's happening in government, who's voting for what, who's proposing what. Do we agree? Does it align with God's word? And so there it is. <laughs> Love it. Fior, thank you so much for taking the time to spend a lot of fun. You're so much better at this than Mike. So we're, so you're now our, tell Vic, I know, I know, I know in my, I, I'm sure Mike's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm going to let Fior go on there. And then she, I'm going to be exposed that she's better than me, but this no. is, this is fantastic. We love it. We got to get you guys together and we'll do that next time oh, here in a couple of weeks. Fun. Thank you. I'm honored to be on. Thank oh, you. Thanks love so it. Much. Fior, thanks so much. And again, check out victory news. They have two great programs. Can you give us a quick plug on that? You guys do a morning show and an afternoon show. Uh, let us know when those are. Yeah. The 12 p.m. and 5 p.m. Eastern, and it's govictory.com. Beautiful. Pure so, Hernandez, thanks, so thanks very much. Appreciate it. You're listening to the No Doubt About It podcast. Back to your hosts, Christy and Mark Ronchetti.
Mike Garofalo is going to slap you the next time he sees I you. I know. Well, yeah. I, yours fantastic. Yeah, she's she is a she's a lot there. I like her a lot. Yeah, yeah. we should get them together though, because there's a lot of things we can talk about with those guys, and yeah. and they you know they have they cover a lot more of the breaking news every day. Yeah. So they're it's great to bring them in, especially on a hot news day like today. So. Absolutely, and we'll have much more coming up for you on Tuesday. Uh, I think we'll have a special guest. We don't want to quite tease that one yet, but we'll give you details on that as we get a little bit closer. But enjoy your weekend. And we'll see you back here on Tuesday in the Stay no cool. data bad. Oh, yeah, it's going to cool down, too. Yay. Yes. You've been listening to the No Doubt About It podcast. We hope you've enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, rate, and review. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at No Doubt About It podcast. No Doubt About It. The No Doubt About It podcast is a Choose Adventure Media production. See you next time on No Doubt About It. There is no doubt about it.